Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP sends her boss to prison. Our next Reddit post is from more Sarah. Our 40-something-year-old neighbor, Frank Smith, has an older brother by three years named Fred, and the two have similar looks and build. Apparently, these boys were not obedient children, and they got into trouble a lot. Frank mostly straightened up by the time that he reached 21, but Fred kept at it with drinking, drugs, multiple DUIs, etc. While the two were still living at home with their parents in their early 20s, Frank happened to leave his wallet on the kitchen counter one night after coming home from a night out. The next morning, Frank discovered that his ID wasn't in his wallet. Thinking he must have left it at a bar the night before, he tried locating it, but with no luck. Not thinking much about it, he just got a new ID. Fast forward a year or so and Frank gets a phone call. It's his uncle, whose son works at the county jail. Fred had been arrested, and their cousin happened to see him when he was getting booked, under the name Frank Smith. It turns out, Fred had given the cops Frank's name and his ID, and was going to jail under Frank's identity. Needless to say, Frank was pissed. He went down to the jail to prove that he was Frank and that Fred was a liar. Fred was ultimately sentenced to serve time and he stayed put. During the time that Fred was in jail, Frank received a letter in the mail from the state DMV. It said that two of his vehicles, an Audi sedan and a VW Bug, were due for e-checks, that is, emission checks. Frank was confused because he only owned a truck. He went to the DMV and discovered these two vehicles were indeed titled in his name. That's when Frank realized that his brother, who had lost the right to own a vehicle due to excessive DUIs, used his identity to register these cars. The Revenge. Frank asked how much it cost to get duplicates of these titles. Eight bucks each. So, he paid 16 bucks and walked away with title documents for two cars. He knew enough of his brother's friends to start calling around in search of the cars, and lo and behold, he located them both at different locations. Frank is a knowledgeable mechanic, and he could start these cars without keys. But he knocked on the door of each house where the cars were. He explained to each person that he owned the title to the car, showing them the document, and gave them the opportunity to remove their belongings from the vehicle before he took it. They understood and didn't push back, taking their things out of the car and handing him the keys. Frank proceeded to sell both cars and pocket around $3,000 for all his troubles. The good news is that after his stint in jail, Fred got sober and he became someone who Frank could actually be friends with. Okay, so on this next story, I'm guessing OP must have changed everyone's names in the story because there's this one character that OP keeps calling Steve sometimes and Steve another time. So I'm going to try to be consistent and call the guy Steven, but if I slip, just understand that we're always talking about the same person. Steve equals Steven. Our next Reddit post is from Trinity Adams. I work as a computer technician now, but when I was in college, I worked part-time at a well-known chain cafe. Let's call it Seattle's Finest. Our manager, Eliza, had aspirations for rising in the company to a corporate level, so she was obsessed about making our store the finest, Seattle's finest. She left the day-to-day running of the store to Steven, the lead shift supervisor who had been working in that location for 25 years since he was 16. And the only reason why he wasn't the manager is because he didn't have a college degree. Steve never got tired of reminding all the workers in that store that things would go to hell if he wasn't around. Steven didn't really have much to do, other than delegate, make sure orders were sent out to suppliers, and sign these orders when they arrived. Our store followed standard company practice, and so a fixed amount of supplies were usually ordered every day, with only slight variations to account for particular store's needs. Steven also wrote the schedule every week. 
When I was hired on, Eliza was the one who interviewed me, and she assured me I would get at least 20 hours a week, 4-hour shifts, and that on the weekends, I would only work Saturdays, not Sundays. During that 2-week training period, Eliza kept her word. I'd hover right around 18-22 to hours a week, for 4, 4.5-hour shifts or so. After that, however, since I was fully trained, she passed me over to Steven. Stephen followed Eliza's pattern for a week or so, but soon he began trying to schedule me in the mornings, which I couldn't do because I had school. He would pretend to get really angry and disappointed with me and talk about how, In my 25 years with this company, one of the first things you learn is to be a team player. Well, I thought that was great, but I still can't work in the mornings. So he'd grumble and say, I'll have to talk to Eliza to see what we have to do about you. Stephen would try to suck up to customers and, at the same time, condescend us in front of them. For example, he'd say, Forgive her, she's new. Or, You see what I have to work with? Raw recruits. Sometimes, he would outright call us morons if we couldn't clean things up fast enough or make drinks quickly enough. Like, he would hang out in the back of the store counting boxes. Meanwhile, it's noon on a Saturday and I'm running the register and making all the drinks and our line is 10 customers deep. And he sent his other worker off to lunch, and he himself refuses to help. He would say, you've got to have your baptism of fire. He took himself way too seriously. As time went on, Steve would drop my scheduled time from 20 hours a week to 8 hours a week. I thought, whatever, I'll just start applying to other jobs. I didn't tell Steven that, though. I knew that he was giving all the hours to his favorites, usually young women who he liked to flirt with. I know because he tried the same thing with me at first. He said that he could give me more hours, but that I had to play ball. Well, Eliza was up for promotion to district manager, which meant that she would oversee five or six of Seattle's finest coffee shops instead of just one. However, in a team-wide meeting one Sunday, she said that her store was consistently losing product. She warned us to stop giving away discounts, stop giving away free cookies or snacks, etc., She also said that if we planned to have some of the pastries ourselves, we had to make sure to write it down on the store use board. In all the time that I worked, I never witnessed anyone giving away free product, and I certainly wasn't using any of it myself. No one gave stuff away, other than Steven. Steven got a bonus every time the store use board was below a certain threshold, and he would always accuse us of stealing or giving away things. In fact, he said at the meeting, Shrinkage is caused by these rookies who think the company runs on freebies. This is a business based on cold, hard cash, and we're bleeding it when we steal product or give it away. Meanwhile, I always noticed Steven giving free discounts to certain customers and giving things away. It was one of those rules for thee, not for me type of things. Another worker actually asked him about it, and he said, Managers have certain privileges. Dude, you're not a manager. You make $3 more per hour than I do, and you spent your entire life here. He also resented the fact that most of us who worked in the store were college students who would eventually move on someday to something hopefully more financially profitable. Steven would do this working class hero bit where he would talk about how college people were snobs, how they didn't know how to do real work, they were lazy, privileged, etc. He also mocked me for majoring in computing as a female, and he accused me of just trying to get my MRS degree. He acted like he was kidding, but he was still really slimy. Then he would go back to his favorite rant about how most business people's day would collapse if it weren't for him giving them coffee. He would say, I'm as indispensable to a large corporation as the CEO. 
Meanwhile, we're all thinking, calm down, Stephen. You're a shift supervisor at a suburban coffee shop, and you wear an apron with your name embroidered on it. You're not curing cancer. But anyways, Eliza's promotion depended on our store reducing its shrinkage. On a date a few days away from our Sunday meeting, company bigwigs would come to our store and check out how well Eliza ran things. We were told to look sharp. The bigwigs would be in the dining room chatting with Eliza, while the rest of us who were scheduled that day tried to look our best. Steven didn't really have an incentive to make Eliza look good, because as long as he kept overall shrinkage beneath a certain number, he would still get his bonus. But that threshold was still too high for Eliza to earn her promotion. Also, it wasn't as if Steven would become manager if Eliza got promoted. The company would simply get a new manager as an outside hire. One night, in the very early morning, I decided to walk to the store to pick up my tips for that week. I approached the store from the alley entrance, but I intended to enter through the front. Store policy was that you could only enter the back way if you were scheduled to work. As usual at that hour, our daily supply truck was pulling out the alley, and there was a huge stack of daily supplies and crates outside the back door. Stephen had propped open the back door with a trash can and was carrying one crate at a time into the store's back room. My first instinct was to help him, but then I remembered that I wasn't being paid, and besides, Stephen was a total butthole. I was fascinated watching him as he worked, because usually he was such a lazy butthole. I was hidden by cars and trees, so he couldn't see me. He stopped working, but there was still a crate left at the back door. It was filled with what looked to be croissants and random boxes of granola bars. Stephen was talking on his cell phone, and only a minute or two later, a beat-up car pulls into the alley. The driver pops the trunk, Stephen puts the crate into the car, and the car speeds off. Stephen then went back into the store. At first, I tried to rationalize what I'd seen. Maybe it was just a work-related thing that I didn't understand because I wasn't a shift supervisor. Maybe the person in the car was from another store, and our store was supposed to send those items to them? I decided to forget my tips for the time being, and I walked home. By the time I got back home, I realized it was most likely that Steve was just a thief. The next morning I woke up and I made sure I had my cell phone ready. I waited outside really early, even before the supply truck came. When it did come, sure enough, Steve did the same song and dance as the day before. He left one crate outside, made a phone call, the same car arrived, and it pulled away after Steve packed its trunk with stolen goodies. I thought that I was being real slick in recording the scene, but later when I reviewed the footage, it was way too dark and unclear what was going on. And if I tried to get closer to get a better picture of where there was more light, Steve would see me and my cover would be blown. Later that day at work, Steve was his usual douche wall itself. But hearing him banter with customers, it reminded me of other pieces of conversation I overheard from him over the past few weeks. Steve had a side business, or at least his wife did, selling snacks outside of clubs and sporting events. I put two and two together and realized that if Steve stole even one crate and sold off its items at a massive discount, he'd still make a pretty penny and all of it profits. And he'd stolen a crate two days in a row. Who knew how many more crates had been stolen in the past? I realized that if I told Eliza, she wouldn't believe me, and Steve would just deny it. I had to catch Steve in red-handed. The approach I'd been making to the alley was too far to record him without being observed, but I saw there was an apartment complex on the other side of the alley. If I could somehow get into that apartment complex, all I would have to do is quietly hold my phone over the brick wall, and it would be close enough to record him. That was precisely what I did. Recording Steven's theft became my morning ritual for a week. Out of four days, he stole a crate three times, and each time I recorded him. 
Now, all I had to do was show Eliza on my phone, and I would nail this bastard. But unfortunately, Eliza wouldn't be in the store for a while. But then I remembered that the big company meeting regarding Eliza's promotion was coming up that Monday afternoon, just a couple of days later. I wasn't scheduled to work, but I knew that I could talk my way into the back room with an excuse that I needed my check. Our back room has a computer where we clock in and out. It's just one window on the screen. If you click out of it, you can have access to the rest of the computer's functions. One thing the computer always had running in the background is what we called Store TV. It was basically just a series of short infomercials about how wonderful Seattle's finest coffee was. The store just played these infomercials on a continuous loop. Every so often, Eliza would obtain a new set of infomercials and we loop those out. Our store had one big screen mounted from the ceiling which faced out into the store, away from the registers. My plan, obviously, was to upload my video of Steven stealing onto the store computer. I had the files, which I combined at home into one big file of three occasions where you could clearly see his face and the face of the woman driving the car, who I assume was his wife, and how they were clearly stealing product from the store. Eliza and the big bosses were already there at the restaurant, so the sensible thing would be for me to say, excuse me Eliza, and then just brazenly interrupt her meeting with my cell phone video held up to her face. But I love a bit of drama, and Steve had this coming. So I see Eliza with her colleagues sitting at a table near the registers, where Steve is standing with a shit-eating, kiss-ass grin on his face. The store isn't really crowded. Eliza sees me when I come in, and in full, I love my staff mode, she says. Oh, everyone, here's OP, one of our newest and best. She's going to college for computing. I smile and mouth the words. I'm just here to get my tips. Of course, OP. Steven looks like he wants to slap me with his little dick, but too bad. I'm going to the back room, jerkwad. I grab my tips and I go straight for the computer. I upload the file, as planned. I unclick the propaganda channel, switch it to Steve the Thief, and set the video to play on continuous loop. I come out into the restaurant, and as usual, no one really cares about the TV. I come up to Steven, and I order a hot latte. Steven looks like he wants to stab me in the throat, but he still has this shit-eating grin on his face because the bosses are all there. He doesn't know that, just a few feet above his head, there's a continuous loop of him and his wife stealing product in the alley every morning. I made sure to include a time and date stamp on the videos when editing. He made my drink in about 30 seconds. I pulled out my wallet, but uncharacteristically he smiled at me and waved me off. Eliza saw me and nodded in approval. Then I sat at the table not far from where the bosses were sitting. Above Steve's head, his video was playing silently. Finally, the payoff. One of the bosses said, Hey, Eliza, that isn't our company video. What is that? Eliza looks at the video. Everyone else looks at the video. Everyone's jaw drops. Only, only Steve is still standing there like a grinning ninny. Finally, Eliza says, Steve, can you explain what's going on here? Steven looks at the video, and he looked for a second like he was going to run out of the room like Usain Bolt. He didn't do or say anything other than run into the back room. Seconds later, the video stopped, and a few minutes later, it began playing again. Haha, <laughs> Steve. I deleted the correct video, made a duplicate of your video, and renamed it as if it were the propaganda channel. <laughs> Everyone in the dining room was once again treated to a loop of Steve and his wife stealing an entire crate of designer granola bars and pastries repeatedly. One of the big bosses said, Eliza, let's close the store right now. Young lady, I'm sorry, but... 
He was pointing at me, gesturing me to leave. Who am I to argue? I walked home with my $11.50 in tips, feeling like a million bucks. A couple of days later, I got a call from corporate, thanking me for the information about Steven. No, they can't give me details about what happens. It's a police matter. Anyways, as thanks, a week later I received 200 bucks in store credits. A few days later I came in to find neither Eliza nor Steve at the restaurant. One of my coworkers told me that Steven was arrested for theft, both Steven and his wife. Eliza got her promotion because it was proven that the only reason her store had moderately high shrinkage was because Steven was stealing. However, because she was supposed to be keeping a close eye on Steven, she's being watched carefully to ensure that she's actually a good employee. Well, that's fair. She wasn't a thief, but she really should have kept a closer watch on her store. As for me, my new manager got me my final paycheck because I quit. I did eventually learn that Steve was not only stealing product, but also embezzling tips and tampering with a time clock to reduce people hours and give himself more money. Steven went to jail for six years, but his wife got a suspended sentence because they had two children under the age of 13. I learned this because the company I work for actually did tech service for Seattle's finest corporate office where Eliza now works. She remembered me, and over the finest coffee in all of Seattle, she told me the whole story. So this reminds me of someone I worked with back when I was in high school. I worked at a subway, and you know I was pretty young, obviously I'm in high school, and my boss, the owner of the store, brought in this new like manager who was going to work over me, and she was older, like mid-20s, and she'd only been working there for like two weeks or so, but she's older, she's my manager, whatever, fine. Anyways, one day we're closing up, and Subway has, you know, sandwiches, but also has a cookie tray. And typically, the owner allowed us to take one cookie home every night. But this manager said that we could take back every single cookie. And it's just me and her in the store. She didn't want any, but she said I could take every single cookie. And I was like, really? Are you sure? And she said, yeah, cookies are only good for one day, so you can take them all if you want. And I have a sweet tooth, so I was like, hell yeah, I'll take these cookies. And I got a bag, and I took like, I don't know, 20 cookies home. Anyways, the next time I worked, the owner pulled me aside and he was like, did you take all the cookies? And I said, yeah, she told me that the cookies were just going to get thrown out because they were only good for one day and I could take them all. So I took them all. And my manager said, no, that's not what you're supposed to do at all. Cookies are good for two days. So you basically stole all those cookies. And I said, oh, well, I mean, I didn't mean to steal them. I've been working here for, you know, probably a year at this point and I've never run off with 20 cookies. So it's really unusual that I would suddenly start doing it now, right? Like, I'm not trying to steal cookies from you. If you like, I can pay you for them. And he said, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And after that moment, I found out that he fired the manager. And looking back, I'm not really sure what exactly happened. I think what she was trying to do was get me fired by getting me caught stealing product. But like, I'd been working there for almost a year and she'd been working there for like a week or two. So I think that when my boss heard her story about how I stole the cookies versus my story, which is that she told me to steal the cookies, he just believed me and fired her. That was r slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.